It's time, D-Heads. Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand. Every week, Disney Blue lets you relive the magic, the movies, and the memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic Disney, and breaking news on Disney's latest. So put on your ears and give it a little bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Disney Blue's Disney On Demand is on the air! Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you D-heads, you tuned into another magical installment of Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. And thank you once again for joining us in our trip down magical memory lane with the wonderful world of Disney for your ears, as one of our listeners put it. And this week, for show number 30, for the week of January 28th, 2013, we have all kinds of fun, as we're going to hit the seven seas. We're going to go out pillaging and plundering, we're going to find some treasure. We might even dig for some diamonds and some mines, because we have the one and only Lee Ehrenberg stopping in here at the show. That's right, Lee Ehrenberg, who was part of the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise as Pintel throughout that entire series, giving us all the slapstick humor, the fun, and the comedy throughout that entire franchise. He also currently plays Grumpy and Dreamy and Leroy on ABC's hit show Once Upon a Time. You've also seen him all throughout television from Star Trek all the way through Seinfeld, and Lee's going to stop in and talk about his entire career, what it was like working on the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise, and what is he doing right now on ABC's Once Upon a Time. In addition, we have the D-Team back. That's right, we have Jamie, Tony, and Jason back once again with their signature segments here at the show. Jamie's going to take a step into the artist's corner once again, this time divulging a little bit about Walt Disney's Nine Old Men. The Vault is back as Jason's going to go into that archive of all the Disney movies you love and give you another DVD and Blu-ray review for you. And Tony from Disney by the Numbers is back once again with the top five things you didn't know about, where he's going to give you the nuts and bolts about the Walt Disney World Resort with some of those facts that you just didn't know about your favorite place to visit. We have a ton of Disney news here this week, hot off the D-Wire, and we also have a new segment that we're going to talk about coming called I Want to Know. So there's all kinds of things as we're lining up to hit the seven seas this week with Lee Ehrenberg. So to kick off this week's show for show number 30, January 28th, 2013, let's kick it off with a little bit of fun with a Disney mashup. Yes, this last week, everybody has fired up the wires. You've seen it on our blog at DizRadio.com. Everybody has been talking about this DJ's mashup for the Walt Disney World Resort. So what better way to kick off the show than with that mashup? Be right back, all of you D-heads. So when you get back home, what do you remember about your Disney time? It's magical. It's magical. Super magical. It's so magical. It's magical. Because it's fantastic. Because it's family time. Because it's family time. Celebrating good times. Magic Kingdom. Celebrating good times. Magic Kingdom. Great place to celebrate. Happy birthday. Celebrate. Birthday. Anniversary. It's a great place. You get away. Everybody's smiling. This is great. Right. Fifty thousand. Fifty thousand. In the house. In the house. Fifty thousand. Fifty thousand. In the house. It's a party on Mitchell every day. It's a party on Mitchell. I love the parade. It's a world for everybody. My entire family, even for the folks like me. I love Bates Mountains. Bates Mountains. Pirates of the Caribbean. I wrote Dumbo. Dumbo. Peter Pan. Why? We want the Magic Kingdom last night. Hey, 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 hey,
set down by the pirates Morgan and Bartholomew, you have to take me to your captain. I know the code. If an adversary demands parley, you can do them no harm until the parley is complete. To blazes with the code. She wants to be taken to the captain. And she'll go without a fuss. We must honor the code. <laughs>
Hi, this is Bruce Boxleitner. You may know me as Tron, but right now, you're listening to Disney On Demand. All right, all of you D-heads, so we're back once again. I hope you enjoy the kickoff for show number 30 as we prepare to hit the seven seas, get some treasure, and even dig in some mines as we have Lee Ehrenberg stopping in here at the show. So this week, we have a lot of fun things hot off the D-wire. So to kick it off beforehand, I do want to mention that you can get all the news, all the fun, and all of our past archive shows and more on our official website at dizradio.com. That's D-I-Z radio.com. So definitely check it out, have some fun, and enjoy all of our magic memories and more from our new kind of Disney show. So kicking off this week, let's just get right into the news right away. And how about Disney World turning up the romance for True Love Week? That's right, love is in the air at the Walt Disney World Resort as fairy tale princesses are going to find true love with their princess and a happily ever after becomes a reality. It's all happening as part of True Love Week from Monday, February 11th through Sunday, February 17th. Now, the week-long love fest is part of the limited time magic where each week in 2013, guests are going to be treated to a sprinkling of special Disney magic in the form of unexpected surprises and events. Now, during True Love Week, Disney has said that there is going to be a tapestry of romance that's going to be weaved throughout the entire resort. From limited time Valentine's Day merchandise and special entertainment to romantic dinners for two and new themed photo locations, offering greetings from beloved Disney sweethearts like Cinderella, Prince Charming, Mickey Mouse, Minnie Mouse, and many others for a limited time. Now, Disney said the week-long event is going to celebrate love of family, friends, and that one special romantic person in your life. And they're inviting couples to rekindle their old flame while you're there. Now, there's going to be a variety of different things, including romantic settings, a blushing castle. Yes, at dusk, hues of pink, red, lavender, and blue are going to bathe Cinderella Castle with themed lighting synced to musical melodies, adding to the ambience. There's also going to be special dinners for two, Valentine-themed takeaways, and a royal gathering, which is going to give you the rare opportunity to get a photo at Disney princesses as they escort their princess to enchanting character greeting locations. Now, there's going to be a variety of different things, including in Town Square Theater, where you're going to find Mickey and Minnie, Aurora with Philip, Rapunzel with Flynn, Mary Poppins with Bert, and a variety of others, including Prince Naveen, Princess Tiana, and many others that are going to be throughout the entire park. And this is all part of the limited time magic with the romantic fun week. If you want to find out more about this or if you're heading down there, definitely check it out because there is a lot of stuff with romantic photographic locations, with romantic torches, and elegant oasis. So definitely check it out. And This is hitting up the Walt Disney World Resort as part of the Romantic Couples Week kicking off on February 11th. Now pushing right along, let's keep it in the Walt Disney World Resort and how about Epcot and the Epcot Flower and Garden Festival and now HGTV has set their stars for the 2013 event. That's right, Disney has released a schedule of all the upcoming personalities that are hailing from the HGTV and DIY networks who are going to appear during the Epcot International Flower and Garden Festival beginning March 6th. Now these guests are going to hold sessions in the Festival Center on Fridays, Saturdays and Sundays at noon and 3 p.m. throughout the entire event. Now Wrapping up the 20th annual event will be the former Orlando resident, David Bromstead, who will be making his HGTV first appearance at the Flower and Garden Festival. He came to fame as the first winner of the HGTV Design Star and is now host of Color Splash with David Bromstead on the HGTV network. Now, so far, the schedule has a variety of different guests coming, including Chris Lampton from Going Yard, Chris Grundy from Cool Tools, Egypt Sherrod, Brandon Johnston, Meg Caswell, James Cameron, Sarah Peterson, 
Casey Noble, Dan Ferries, and David Bromstead. Now, there's going to be a variety of different things that are taking place. And remember, all sessions are included with regular Epcot admission. Now, the festival runs daily, kicking off March 6th through May 19th. And this is all part of the Epcot Flower and Garden Festival. And I know I'm pretty excited for it because I know we're going to be down there in April towards the end around April 22nd here at Disney On Demand. So we're pretty excited and we can catch Sarah Peterson, who is the editor of HGTV Magazine during that time while we're down there as well. You can find out more about this on the official Disney website, but get ready as HGTV has their eyes set on the Epcot Flower and Garden Festival. Now, pushing forward since we are in Epcot, how about making dreams come true with Kids Heritage Inc. and Epcot joining up? Now, Kids Heritage Inc. is thrilled to announce that it is headed to the Walt Disney World Resort. Now, the company has opened a kiosk in Epcot on January 4th, 2013, and the kiosk is located in the World Showcase at the American Pavilion, where the company's unique hardcover, custom-made books celebrate heritage and a world of culture, and they can be ordered, printed, and bound on-site for guests. As they have officially put it, we could not be more excited about this amazing opportunity. Our books are the perfect fit with Disney, Epcot's World Showcase, as an international celebration of culture and promotes multicultural awareness and understanding that the concepts are the very foundation of these books. Now, Kids Heritage has also expanded its product line in anticipation for this new venture. Now, the company introduced an ABC's Around the World floor puzzle, and a poster, a coloring book, and a gift set, as well as a My Heritage bookmark. Now, these items were introduced as part of the new kiosk that you can also find more about at MyHeritageBook.com. Now, I think this is a perfect match for Epcot, and I know when we go there, it's going to be fun. I mean, getting them bound, personalized, right there on the spot is a great way for children to learn about their heritage, who they are, and more. And I think it is a great, fun, fundamental piece, and I know I'll be picking one up for my children as well. So definitely find out more at their official website or... Or you can visit their kiosk at Epcot. And once again, that's MyHeritageBook.com. Now, since we are talking about books, let's just keep it with books. And how about Scholastic Parent and Child Magazine unveiling their list of 100 greatest movies for kids in the February and March 2013 issue? That's right, Scholastic Parent and Child Magazine unveiled their second installment of the 100 Greatest series today with their release of the 100 Greatest Movies for Kids. Now, this list celebrates the most treasured family films of all time, earning the coveted number one spot is the 1939 American classic, the Wizard of Oz. That's right, starring Judy Garland. Now, there's a variety of others that did make the list, including E.T., Mary Poppins, The Princess Bride, Beauty and the Beast, Star Wars, and A Little Princess, as well as Pinocchio. Now, there's a lot of great films that they do have in this list, and I do have to say that I think we own probably all 100 of these films. Now, The 100 Greatest Movies for Kids debuts in the February and March 2013 issue that was released on the stands from Scholastic. Being quoted from Scholastic, we are thrilled to offer an all-inclusive and interactive look at family films that have resonated with our readers, young and old, for generations to come. Now, the editor-in-chief, Nick Friedman, said that from classics to currents, blockbusters, and even little-known gems, the 100 Greatest Movies for Kids provides the ultimate movie pass into family entertainment. Now, there is a lot of great movies that they do have on here. Like I said, there's a lot of great ones on here. And if you were always just wondering, hey, you know, I, there's movies I want to show my kids. There's great movies that just are fun ones. Maybe there's ones that you forgot about, little gems that you grew up with and you didn't even think about. But, you know, seriously, this is a great list. I mean, some of them might help you rediscover some of these films to show to your children. I mean, you know, maybe you didn't think about showing them Pinocchio or Mary Poppins or some of these Disney classics because they are growing up with Princess and the Frog and Rapunzel and all those. But, you know, sit down, show them Pinocchio, enjoy it. 
and many others. E.T. E.T. is an awesome film. So, you know, it is a great list. You can pick it up on the newsstands right now, and there's a variety of different things that they have, including they are going to be offering an all-new online launch to complement the movie magazine called Interactive Movie Shelf. And this is going to kick off on Tuesday, January 29th, tomorrow, allowing visitors to sort through 100 films by ages, groups, and categories, including action, adventure, animation, comedy, documentary, musical, mystery, and sci-fi. And you can get all of this at their official website, and you can even follow them on Twitter at Parent and Child. So definitely check them out. The 100 Greatest Books for Kids is coming up next. Now, as we kicked off the show here this week, it was with a mashup, and I gave you a little hint to them about that, and everybody was firing up all the Twitter lines, their websites, and more. We posted about it on DizRadio.com as well. And how about Disney Time with world-renowned DJ Steve Porter? Now, he created the mashup that we kicked off and heard here this week. Now, he has a variety of different mashups that he has done for the last 15 years for a variety of different people over the country, including ESPN and many others. He was also listed as one of the 100 most creative people in business. Well, on a chilly day in Massachusetts, DJ Steve Porter thought about Disney World, and he created that mashup that was just created from a variety of different clips and more from guests and making it very special. So if you haven't had a chance to check out the video, definitely find it on YouTube. We have it on our website at DizRadio.com. Check it out. It is definitely fun. And Porter has created a variety of different videos as well for TV, national spots, and more. And, you know, it really is fun. It's unique. Some people may not like it, but it does add that something special. And I do have to say, it does stick in your head. Now, as we continue along with news, let's go back to the Walt Disney World Resort and how about the Magic Kingdom? Now, as the Walt Disney World Resort continues to grow and attract new visitors, they are finally adding much-needed attention to one of my personal favorite areas, Adventureland. Yes, I've always felt that the Magic Kingdom version of Adventureland always fell short from that of Disneyland, and with the addition of a land's magic carpets, it just didn't really add that much. But now they have a new venture that I don't necessarily think is the answer as well, but it could be the rebirth, you know, that is going to help expand the area as well as, you know, when they brought back the original Enchanted Tiki Room. Well, they're going to have a Pirate's Adventure, Treasure of the Seven Seas. And how fitting with our pirate guest here this week, Lee Ehrenberg, who is stopping in at the show very soon here. There's a lot of things that are brewing in Adventureland. And this spring, it seems Adventureland is going to get more fun and interactive with a pirate twist to it. It only seems fitting since pirates are a boy's princess. Yes, the attraction is going to be called a Pirate's Adventure, Treasure of the Seven Seas. Now, much hasn't been leaked out so far about this, but with the success of Jack Sparrow and the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise and the all-new Jack Sparrow interactive adventure at the Hollywood Studios, we can only imagine that this is definitely going to be fun. Now, according to the Disney Parks blog, it is going to have visitors helping Captain Jack Sparrow on a quest using a magic talisman and map to complete five pirate raids within Adventureland. Now, so far, many of Disney's interactive adventures have been fun, from Agent P at Epcot and many others, and there's a lot of attractions that they can interact with, with the original Enchanted Tiki Birds, Aladdin's Magic Carpets, the Jungle Cruise, Pirates of the Caribbean, Swiss Family Robinson, so I know I'm going to have some fun with this, and I am kind of excited to let my boys and my daughter experience this as well. So keep a weather eye open, as a pirate's adventure, Treasures of the Seven Seas is going to be coming very soon. Now, staying within the parks, this is one that currently, it's not really new news, but the Walt Disney World Moms Panel has now been renamed the Disney Parks Moms Panel. 
Now, Disney Parks has officially given a new name to its ever-growing Walt Disney World Moms Panel called the Disney Parks Moms Panel now. Along with the change in title, the company announced that the website's 19 newest members have been announced for 2013. Two sports teams moms will join the roster to assist guests with youth sports-related events and travel to the ESPN World Wild of Sports Complex. Now, the Disney Parks Moms Panel is located at DisneyParksMomsPanel.com, and it's an online forum that serves as a resource for planning Disney Parks vacations and whether guests are looking to kick into the ESPN Wide World of Sports, the Walt Disney World events, Adventures by Disney, or just hitting up the Magic Kingdom, Epcot, and more. Since 2008, the Disney Parks Moms panel has answered countless questions from travelers that consider Disney Parks vacations. And everyone has been very helpful in this, very open arms, and they are always offering many, many answers to your questions. And Meg Crofton of Disney is definitely excited for this as well. Now, the new roster has been released, and I'm not going to go down and read everyone's names, but you can read more about it on their official website or also at ours at DizRadio.com. But there's now 19 new moms and dads have taken their seat as part of the 2013 Disney Parks Moms Panel. Now, as we're getting closer to the end of news here this week, I do want to mention that registration for the Disneyland Half Marathon is open. Yes, registration is now open for the Disneyland Half Marathon Weekend that is taking place August 30th through September 1st, 2013. Now, for the first time ever, Run Disney will offer a 10K race and the Disneyland 10K. To complement this new Run Disney race, it is offering a Dumbo Double Dare where runners can complete both the 10K and the Half Marathon. Now, other weekend events are going to include Disneyland Family Fun 5K and Kids Races. Now, you can register right now, and you got to be careful to register now because the price will increase. There is also the Disneyland 10K, and all these are kicking off August 31st all the way through September 1st. So you want to find out more about this, we have a full write-up on our official website at DizRadio.com. Now, pushing to the small screen, and how about the Disney Channel and many other things, and everybody has been talking about the Boy Meets World series spinoff. We talked about it here on Disney On Demand a couple of weeks back as Corey and Topanga are going to reprise their roles. It has officially been announced. We wrote about it on the website. Well, they have now a brand new daughter. That's right. There is an all-new daughter in Rowan Blanchett. The 11-year-old girl from Spy Kids franchise is going to be taking the role of Riley Matthews. It has officially been announced. Entertainment Weekly got the ball first. They dropped the bomb on everybody. And she has officially been cast on a nationwide search to play the daughter of Corey and Topanga from Ben Savage and Daniel Fischel. That's right. They're going to reprise their roles as the husband and wife. And they are going to have their daughter, Riley Matthews, who has now been cast as Rowan Blanchett from the Spy Kids series. Now, she has now officially been cast. A pilot has been greenlit and will start filming next month. Now, we are ways away from these series actually taking off because if the pilot is well received, everybody loves it. We still will not see this series until late of 2013 or 2014. All the fans have spoken. All of you who have grown up with Boy Meets World. You really are excited for this, so we can only guess that this is going to happen. And right now it is tentatively scheduled to appear on the Disney Channel. But she has officially been released, been announced that she is now Riley Matthews. If you want to find out her picture, see what she looks like, put a face to this, she definitely is fitting to it. You can find it on our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z-Radio.com. 
Now, also sticking with the Disney Channel, how about the Wizards of Waverly Place, The Wizards Return? Now, after a year of being off, we did mention that The Wizards of Waverly Place is returning for a one-time TV movie, and Selena Gomez is reprising her role as Alex, and now there's an official high-dev trailer that has been released. We have it posted on our, of our website right there, and Alex is now going to have a good Alex and an evil Alex. It seems that The Wizards Return is going to be based around since Alex has won the wizard competition. Her father has always warned her to use magic for good, not evil, to constantly use it to help others. Well, it seems Alex has just been using it for herself. She has been removing parts of herself that people don't like, and in the end, creating a good Alex and an evil Alex, having to fight herself. Now, this is coming up in March on the Disney Channel with the all-new movie, The Wizards of Waverly Place, The Wizards Return. You can check out the full high-def trailer officially on our official website at DizRadio.com. Now, one more thing for the Disney Channel, since we are on a Disney Channel high here. How about Disney XD has now going to premiere the second season of its top-rated comedy series, Lab Rats, on Monday, February 25th. That's right, Lab Rats, who has been a TV winner for Disney XD Channel, and Season 2 is now going to premiere with the hit bionic comedy series that is ranked as Disney XD's number one series since its 2012 premiere. Now, launching at the top-rated year as Disney XD's number one series premiere ever has continued to be ranked as the station's number one series. Now, in the season premiere, Speed Trapped is going to feature Adam, Bree, and Chase as they sneak out to meet Marcus in Davenport's new self-driving sports car. Definitely check this one out. It will be available also on iTunes, Microsoft Xbox, and Amazon beginning on February 26th, but you can catch the live premiere on Monday, February 25th. Now, in moving on to even a smaller screen, or maybe the same size screen as television, how about video games? And Disney has now vowed to monitor its violent video game contest. Yes, Disney CEO Bob Iger has said that the company is taking stock to ensure that its violent video games do not cross the line. Yes, Disney probably isn't the first thing that pops into your head when you think of the topic of violent video games when it comes up, but Bob, uh, but Bob Iger has said he wants to keep it that way with many entities inside of the U.S. government once again calling to further investigation the role that video games play, you know, a huge role in gun violence, which I personally, personally do not believe. But Disney chief executive has said that the company is going to take stock in everything that we have to be considered nearing or crossing the line. As he has mentioned, fortunately at Disney there is very little violent content, but I still want to make sure that nothing is being overseen on our end. Now, right now, many are saying that the most violent video games that they have is Epic Mickey or the decade-old Tron 2.0. So there's really not much, and the Disney Infinity franchise doesn't seem like it's going to be very violent either. But, hey, at least they're looking into this, and I, for one, do not feel that video games play a role in the violence. So all of you D-heads, there's a variety of other things that is on the horizon, but I do want to let you go because I have been rambling on for quite some time. But before I let you go, I do want to mention that you can always find out more about vacations and vacation planning with one of our sponsors here at the show with Pixie Vacations. That's right, DizRadio.com is sponsored by Pixie Vacations, and the agents at Pixie Vacations can specialize in all of your Disney destinations, whether you want to go to the Walt Disney World Resort in Florida, Disneyland, or set sail on a Disney cruise or take part in Adventures by Disney. They are authorized Disney vacation planners with knowledgeable and experienced agents who can help you plan the best Disney vacation ever. And you can find out more by following the link on our website at PixieVacations.com, or you can call them directly at 678 815 So definitely check them out. And all of you D-heads, 
I am parched. I am done. I need something to drink. We have Lee Ehrenberg. Yes, Pintel. Hello, puppet. All right, should I do it in an English? Hello, puppet. I don't know if that sounded good or not or just bad, but Lee Ehrenberg is going to be stopping in very soon. Grumpy from Once Upon a Time. Pintel from Pirates of the Caribbean. I am excited for this, so I'm going to get something to drink. I'm going to leave you with the D-Team. Yes, Jamie is back with the Artist Corner, giving you a little bit about the nine old men, and we have Tony back with the top five things you didn't know about. So sit back, enjoy, have some magical memories, and when I come back, I'm going to ramble on a little bit more. Be right back, all you D-Heads. Ain't no trick to get rich quick If you dig, dig, dig with a shovel or a pick In a mine, in a mine, in a mine, in a mine Where a million diamonds shine We dig, 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 dig From early on till night We dig, 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 dig Up everything inside We dig up diamonds by the score Thousand rubies sometimes born But we don't know what we dig them for We dig, 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 a dig, dig Worse, I lost him. 
Where are you taking me? Home. We all lost someone today. Now we're seven. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. So you're coming home with us, Snow, and we're going to protect you. The only thing that needed protecting is destroyed. My heart. It will get better. Yes. Yes, it will. This will take all of my feelings, all of my pain, and destroy them. No. Why? You of all people should understand, you've lost love. What if your pain could be erased? I don't want my pain erased. As wretched as it is, I need my pain. It makes me who I am. It makes me grumpy. Look around, Snow. You're not alone anymore. I promise you that's all the cure you need. If the pain's too much, you can always drink it. But for today, put it away. Okay. You are now invited to enjoy the world premiere of World of Color. Hey all you D-heads, welcome to another segment of The Artist Corner. Now in today's topics, we're going to be talking about Walt Disney's Nine Old Men, who exactly they were, and what did they do for the company. Now most animators of today know the term Disney's Nine Old Men, and as successful as they were for being an inspiration and especially mentors to upcoming younger animators, at that time especially for animators such as Glenn Keane and Ron Clemens and many more. Disney's Nine Old Men were the core animators at the Walt Disney Company who created some of Disney's most famous works, from Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs onward to the Rescuers, most of them who would become later as directors. Now, Walt Disney jokingly called this group of animators his Nine Old Men, referring to Robert S. Allen and Drew Pearson's 1937 book, The Nine Old Men, about the nine justices of the Supreme Court of the United States in 1937, most of whom were over the age of 70 at the time, but these animators, however, were in their 30s and 40s. Now, members of Disney's Nine Old Men consisted of Les Clark, Mark Davis, Ollie Johnson, Milt Call, Ward Kimball, Eric Larson, John Lounsbury, Wolfgang Rindemann, and Frank Thomas. Now these nine old men, as they say, also refine the 12 basic principles of animation. Examples like squash and stretch, anticipation, staging, straight ahead action and pose to pose, follow through and overlapping action, slow in and slow out, arcs, secondary action, timing, exaggeration, and solid drawing, and finally appeal. These 12 basic principles of animation would later be taught to upcoming animators. 
Now, in today's Artist Spotlight goes to Tom Bancroft, who is a former animator with Walt Disney Feature Animation and is now a writer and illustrator from Focal Press for the book Character Mentor. Today, Tom talks about his background and talks about some tips of the trade for animation and the instruments used. Hi, I'm Tom Bancroft, and I'm the writer and illustrator of the new book from Focal Press, Character Mentor. Uh, I have about 30 years of experience in the animation industry, and uh, in that time, I uh, animated many films for Disney. For about 11 years, I was an animator there for on uh, films like Lion King and Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, Milan, Brother Bear, and, and more. Um, I've illustrated over 50 children's books and created comic books and character designs for film, TV, and video games and more. So um, I really felt like Character Mentor was a new book I wanted to create um, that would help uh, students and uh, even professionals and, and all the way to beginners to learn how to bring their characters to life. And not even through movement like animation, but even just still drawings, how to make them seem more alive and have the acting that they need for uh, whatever you're il illustrating, be it a children's book or a um, video game design um, or a TV or animation or uh, anything. Um, so it's all about expressions, posing, and staging your characters. And I just wanted to throw out a, a suggestion and some tips. This is about uh, tools. Um, and really for drawing and sketching tools. What I like to do is, because of my animation background, I'm trained to draw with either a light blue or a red or some kind of a colored pencil for my underdrawing to find the sketch. And then when I find a pose or a expression or character that I like, um, I'll start really tying it down in graphite. So step one, the sketch, I like to use these light pencils. This is a light blue, sorry, there you go, light blue and a red pencil. Both of these are made by Prismacolor and they have a, a line of colored pencils called Col Color Erase and it's C-O-L-E-R-A-S-E. -E. Um, I like the light blue and I like the crimson but they have uh, erasers on the end so these are erasable colored pencils. That's what makes them so nice. Um, then the next step after you've done your light drawing is then to grab a, a graphite pencil of some kind and these I like soft leads um, this is a 2B, and it's just a tom Tombow, um, and then this is a Blackwing. Uh, it's a kind of a fancy uh, pencil. They're, they were used by animators in the 40s, and they brought them back now. So you can look under um, Blackwing number 602 and 601. And those are great graphite pencils, very soft, all of them erasable. Um, but of course the graphites will stain the paper if you push too hard. So again, that's why I like to do the, the light blue or some kind of a color, uh, color pencil first. Another nice tip is, is that when you then do a drawing you like and it has either a red or a blue uh, underdrawing to it, um, you can scan it and then put, take it into Photoshop and in the channels uh, box, select either blue or red depending on what color uh, pencil you've used and it'll knock out the blue or red. And so now all you're left with is the graphite line, which is hopefully your tighter, cleaner line. And so a lot of times what I'll do is drop out that, that underdrawing, uh, color underdrawing, and now I'm left with a nice uh, black line, and it's usually tighter. So now I have a, a line that I can use, and I can color it now, and I'll have a nice color model that I can show a client. Thanks, Tom, for your introduction and drawing tips on tools of the trade. 
Now on to some Disney art news for this week. The 2013 Poster Series signing event with Patty Lanning will be held at Disney's Pin Traders in the downtown Disney Marketplace. Warm your heart with the 2013 Poster Series. Disney Design Group artist Patty Lanning will be making a special appearance at Disney's Pin Traders in the downtown Disney Marketplace at the Walt Disney World Resort. This event will be held February 1st from 5 to 7 p.m. to sign her second release from the 2013 poster art inspired by Disney Pin and Vinylmation figure. Patty will also be available to sign the February poster from the 2013 poster art calendar. Now in next week's segment, we're actually going to continue about talking about the Disney's Nine Old Men. We're going to go into a little bit further detail of each of the animators and what they stood for and how they got their start with Walt Disney feature animation with Walt Disney himself. Now I hope you enjoyed this week's segment as always, and on behalf of myself and DizRadio.com, we'll see you real soon. Africa, we've seen a world beyond belief, and we spied Australia's shore sailed by Great Barrier Reef. From India to Singapore, we fought for treasure coast to coast. Now we're heading for the land we pirates love the most. Daybreak, we will be there, you will not believe your eyes. Full speed ahead to pirates paradise. Welcome, welcome to the Caribbean, where water's Shades of blue, it's true Welcome, welcome to the Caribbean Enjoy the ocean breeze Sleep under swaying trees The pirates here do anything they please Is an island hop from Trinidad and Martinique Lady, it's all there for you, go find the pleasure you seek Do the native song and dance, explore the coves and hidden caves Find the treasure in the sand that's washed up by the waves Daybreak, we will be there, you will not believe your eyes Full speed ahead to Pirate's Paradise Welcome, welcome to the Caribbean Where water sparkles in ten shades of blue It's true Welcome, welcome to the Caribbean Enjoy the ocean breeze Sleep under swaying trees The pirates here do anything they please Caribbean, where water 
What are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? Captain gives orders on the ship. The captain of the ship has given orders. My ship makes me captain. They be my charts. That makes you chartman. Stow it! Not both of you! That's an order! Understand? Sorry. I just thought with the captain issue in doubt, I'd throw in my name for consideration. Sorry. I'll vote for you. Hey, D-Heads, when you aren't enjoying Disney On Demand, head on over to DizRadio.com and listen to our famous Lifetime of Disney Player, where you can while away the hours reliving Disney classics from film, television, and the parks. What are you waiting for? Keep your hands and arms inside at all times and go to DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. And have a magical day. Hey D-Heads, this is Tony Casanova from DisneyByTheNumbers.com bringing you this week's Top 5 Things You Did Not Know About the Main Street Electrical Parade. Number 5. Six colors of lights are used in the parade and they are red, pink, green, chartreuse, blue, and amber. Number 4. 80 performers appear in each presentation of the Main Street Electrical Parade. Number 3. 500 batteries are used to supply power for the lighting, propulsion, audio, and special effects in the Main Street Electrical Parade. Number two, five miles of wiring is used throughout all of the floats of the Main Street Electrical Parade. And the number one thing you deny about the Main Street Electrical Parade is 600,000 lights twinkle in the latest version of this parade that was put into service in the summer of 2010. Thanks, D-Heads, and we'll see you in the park. The Lord is good to me, and so I thank the Lord for giving me the things I need, the sun and rain and an apple seed. Yes, He's been good to me. I owe the Lord so much for everything I see. I'm certain if it weren't for him, there'd be no apples on this limb. He's been good to me. Oh, here am I neath the blue, blue sky, doing as I please, singing with my feathered friends, humming with a bee. I wake up. Every day, as happy as can be, because I know that with his care, my apple trees, they will still be there. Oh, the Lord is good to me.
I'm Anderson and Bolger, and I play Crutchy and Newsies, and you are listening to Disney on the Band. You'll be dining with the captain, and he requests you wear this. Well, you may tell the captain that I am disinclined to acquiesce to his request. <laughs> he said you'd say that. He also said if that be the case, you'll be dining with the crew, and you'll be naked. <laughs> Fine. I can't believe it. It's Disney Blues. Disney on demand. You hear that? It's the winds of change. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you D-heads, so I'm back once again. You couldn't get rid of me that fast. We have a lot of things that are heating up the D-wire line this week here at the show. So I hope you enjoyed the D-team. Thank you, Jamie and Tony, once again for stopping in and, you know, giving that little bit of magic and, of course, a break from my rambling on to all the D-heads out here. Thank you once again for your segments. You guys always amaze me with what you come up with here at the show. So all of you D-heads, we have a variety of different things that are on the horizon here and a little bit more news. So I'm going to give you a little bit of news and then some housekeeping because we have some fun things in the horizon so let's just jump right into the DVD and Blu-ray releases. Now, coming up right now, I haven't done this in quite some time, so I'm just going to give you a little bit of a rundown of all the current DVD and Blu-ray releases that are coming out. Now, coming up in February, on February 5th, we have Disney's Mickey Mouse Clubhouse with Minnie's Day. We also have Marvel's Ultimate Spider-Man Avenging Spider-Man DVD, and one of my favorites I am waiting for, the Peter Pan Blu-ray Combo Pack, where you can get the Blu-ray, DVD, and digital copy. I am excited for Peter Pan on many levels. My children love Peter Pan. My son just thinks Peter Pan is the most awesome. If you ever haven't had a chance, check out our parents' blog that is more on a personal level for you D-heads. You don't have to read it, but it's just a fun blog that my wife and I do about the adventures that we have with our children. And we have a photo of our son there as Peter Pan, and that's adventuresinparenting.net. It definitely is fun. You don't have to read it, but, you know... We talk about him having to be Peter Pan right there as well, but Peter Pan is hitting this is hitting the scene as well on February 5th. There's also Marvel's The Avengers, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, and Monsters Inc. is coming as well. They have the Monsters Inc. Blu-ray combo pack and Monsters Inc. in 3D. Now also coming up in February, we have the Phineas and Ferb, Animal Agents, and Sophia the First, Once Upon a Princess DVD. And I know all the little girls are waiting for that one. Now also coming up we have mentioned is Wreck-It Ralph, which you can get on a Blu-ray combo pack that is coming March 5th. And also last week here at the show when we had our special guest Dave Thomas, you heard Jason talk about In the Vault as Brother Bear Collection is coming in a three-disc Blu-ray set with Brother Bear 1 and 2 as well as the DVDs. There's also Hunchback of Notre Dame, 1 and 2, Mulan 1 and 2, and many others on the horizon. So definitely mark your calendars. There's a lot of great Blu-rays and DVDs that are coming out very soon. Now, since we are talking about movies, though, I'm going to roll right into Oz the Great and Powerful. Now, coming up as part of Super Bowl Sunday, or the big game, as they're putting it, you know, because we're not allowed to say Super Bowl Sunday, there is a special extended look at Oz the Great and Powerful that is going to be happening throughout the game. Right now, we have the teaser for that on our website at DizRadio.com, and also there's been four brand new posters that have been released of the three witches as well as James Franco 
as Oz. Now these posters you can find on our website and they are definitely really great dramatic stills of Oz the Great and Powerful. Now Disney really is pushing this as Oz the Great and Powerful does get released that first week of March on March 8th. They're very ecstatic for this and I for one am really excited for this. It has a great story, the visuals, I mean it has Sam Rami behind it, a great cast and come on Mila Kunis who is going to be the Wicked Witch of the West. I hope I didn't spoil it for anybody but seriously I'm pretty stoked for that as well. So definitely check it out on our website, Oz the Great and Powerful. And if you are watching the big game on Sunday, you're going to see that extended look. Now, all of you D-heads, I'm going to move into a little bit of housekeeping. I'll keep the news a little bit short here, but we have a brand new segment that is going to debut next week here at the show. And it's going to be called I Want to Know. That's right. You heard me correctly. It's called... I want to know. Now, every week here at the show, everybody sends me a variety of different emails since they know that we always focus on all the magic, the memories, and the people that make Disney happen in the movies, television, and all the things that bring those magic to life for all of us growing up and even now passing down to our children. But we get a variety of different emails about I want to know what happened to Marsupilami, what happened to Bonkers, what happened to Helen Reddy or Lee Ehrenberg, or you know, a variety of different things. We always get these questions. So, we are opening up the lines to you, and we are going to answer these questions to you on air here at Disney On Demand. So if you have any questions, no matter how obscure they are, seriously, no matter how obscure they are, I don't, I don't care if it's just talking about a certain scene in a movie or anything else, definitely let us know. And you can email us, disradio at gmail.com. That's D-I-Z radio at gmail.com. You can also follow the submit news link right there on the website as well. But shoot us your emails. Let us know what do you want to know? What do you want to have answered? What just have you been wondering about or want to find out more about? Maybe it's something you just want to learn more about. You can email us and we're going to debut it here at the show next week. Now, also, all of you D-heads, spread the word because on Facebook, as I mentioned, once we hit that 1,000 likes, we are giving away a Roy Disney autograph. And we have also upped the ante. If we can get up to 5,000 likes, we are going to give away an authentic Walt Disney autograph. Yes, you heard me correct. We're not crazy. We are going to give away a Walt Disney autograph, but we got to get to that 5,000 like mark to make that happen for one of you. So definitely spread the word, facebook.com slash Disney on demand. One more thing, all of you D-heads as well, if you haven't had a chance, get our free iPhone app. You can just search Diz Radio and you can listen to our shows, get our streams, our Facebook, our Twitter, and more on our free app for your tablets or your phones. And remember, we are kicking off our official contest on the website where you can win a variety of different prizes and new swag is coming. So I'm not going to bombard you with the same house mail that I gave you last week here at the show. Just some highlights, just some fun. Now, Lexi, our D-team member from Down Under, is not back again yet this week. She is still parting it up at the Walt Disney World Resort and Universal Orlando. We've currently seen her ventures as she went to the Beauty and the Beast Be Our Guest restaurant and she was having a butterbeer at the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. So we know Lexi is having fun, but fear not, she will be back soon enough, giving into that little bit of history and more Hollywood fun here at the show. So Lexi, just have a blast and take tons of pictures. So all of you D-heads, we have a variety of different things that are happening here on the horizon, and I am keeping a weather eye open because Lee Ehrenberg is stopping in very shortly here at the show. So I'm going to release the reins, have some magic, have some memories, and have some fun. Stop my rambling, and when I come back, we're going to have Pintel from the Pirates of the Caribbean. Hello, puppet. All right, I had to try one more time. And we're also going to have Grumpy, Dreamy, and Leroy, whatever he chooses his name to be, from Once Upon a Time, yes, Lee Ehrenberg, 
will be coming in very shortly. Be right back, all of you D-heads. This summer, Aha. the world's biggest adventure just got a whole lot smaller. Lego Pirates of the Caribbean, the video game, the legend builds as you play through all four Pirates of the Caribbean movies, including the second chapter, Dead Man's Chest, Lego style. From the island of tribal warriors to the Flying Dutchman, join Captain Jack as Davy Jones unleashes the Kraken to collect his debt. Then continue the journey all the way to the all-new on Stranger Tides. Plus, you can team up with your mates for amazing co-op action. <laughs> Set your course. Live the adventure. Lego Pirates of the Caribbean, the video game. Does the queen still have power? I, I, I thought I would find my boy at the least. He's got it! Please, stop me! Are the nuns still nuns? Or can they, you know, date? Uh, I don't know. Blue! Don't say it's me asking. Could there be a tree on this side? The way we sent Emma through as a baby. Maybe I could go after him that it's way. It's possible, but without fairy dust to guide us here, I... No, it's hopeless. You'll find another way. In the book, things always look worse right before there's good news. Terrible news! Terrible news! We were out of the town limits. Tell them who you think you are, Sneezy! Will you stop calling me that? You know who I am. I'm Tom Clark. I own the Dark Star Pharmacy. What's going on here? If you cross the border, 
You lose your memory all over again. And coming back doesn't fix it? If it did, would I have come running in yelling terrible news? Do we know that anything's gone down? It's quite possible. If they have, they won't. Serious, I can help! People! Everybody! Everybody meet back here in two hours. I'll tell you my plan to fix everything. I had enough of your shenanigans, Humphrey. Follow me. I want to play you. First you take a rag, put it in the bag. Bump, bump. Then you bend your back, put it in the sack. Bump, bump. That's the way you start. It's a lot of fun. Bump, bump. Cutting cake is good. Lights, camera, action. It's time for this week's Disney On Demand special guest. All right, all of you Disney fans, we're back once again for another magical installment of Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. And with us here this week, as we go down memory lane with a lot of different Disney roles, people that make them happen, and all memorable characters that you know of, we have somebody that you've known from a variety of different things, from many television shows, been on Married with Children, Star Trek Voyager, but you also know him from the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise, and currently on ABC's Once Upon a Time, we have none other than Lee Ehrenberg with us. Welcome to Disney On Demand. Hi, how are you? Great to be here. Oh, it is our pleasure having you on. You know, we were talking with the listeners and, you know, some of those characters that really just bring movies to life. And uh, your name has come up a variety of different times. And, you know, I'm sure we'll touch base upon Pirates and Once Upon a Time. But I guess, you know, going down your career, you have an extensive list from television shows, guest appearances, a variety of different things. Uh, I guess what got you started into acting first and foremost, uh, you know, as a child or whatnot? And, you know, what led you down that path of loving Disney as well? Well, you know, it's one of those uh, stories about kind of, I went on stage, I did the Hebrew school play when I was eight years old, right? I played David, kills Goliath, he sings a song, gets the standing ovation, and then it's kind of hooked for life. <laughs> so it's seduced by the applause, I hate to say, but it's a powerful, uh, the relationship between actor and audience has always been a, a um, draw for me into the business. And so that's one of the great things about, you know, when you're a character guy, to be able to make an impact and have the audience get a, some sort of vibration on your performance is super exciting. Right, you know, and that's the kind of thing where, it, you know, having that live interaction with the audience, I can just imagine the thrill and the rush and the, you know, sense of accomplishment that just you want to do it again and again and again. 
Yeah, it's definitely seductive. <laughs> and I, I like to say that acting, you know, is one of the few art forms and perhaps the only that requires the audience. In other words, if, some, if someone's not watching you, you're not actually doing it. <laughs> you're just either, like now you're just either the crazy guy or you're on your Bluetooth, right? <laughs> like people you'll see that are having conversations with themselves. Um, the actor requires the audience. It's not just him out there. I learned, you know, Johnny Depp, actually, I heard him say this once, they call the fans the boss. And it's so true. So, you know, we're very, very, as an actor, you, you should love your audience and respect them even more, you know? Right. I mean, you know, and I think that's a good way to look at it because without them, uh, you know, you wouldn't be able to go on and continue doing those roles. You know, you'd be uh, uh, some crazy guy sitting in your basement playing dress up. Correct. Correct. <laughs> and, and, you know, that's the whole thing. It's like it's like acting is a home run business. In other words, um, when they call action, the actors pay to make, quote, dangerous choices, emotionally vulnerable, not necessarily physically dangerous, but let, let the people in. And the, that's a very, you know, again, that's the word of seduction and, and using the, but that relationship between the people, the actor and the audience, them getting into the soul of the character. That's what, that's the challenge. I mean, it's deep, um, in terms of <clears throat> what, what the relationship's about, but the acting part's the fun part. I mean, it's fun, it's fun to do what I do. I'm very lucky to, have a childhood dream and to be able to live it out. Uh, I'm very thankful for, you know, good education, good parenting, uh, and then whatever that spark from above is as well. Right, right. You know, and that's the kind of thing where, you know, it is very hard industry to make it in. And, you know, if you can make it like you have, you know, it really is just, uh, you know, you can only admire those that can do it because there is so much, you know, people that you grow up loving it. I mean, I grew up loving and I'm like, oh, I really would love to do that one day. But, you know, it just didn't happen. And people like yourself where you're able to do this, you know, it has to feel like, you know, the luckiest person to go to work, have fun. And you're right, John. And what I'm saying is, for all the people that didn't get it that chance, I do it for you, I do it for myself. I firmly believe acting, you know, if you look at history of, of the art form, going back to the ancient days, the, the actor had a very important job in telling me in the ancient Greek theaters, telling me stories that were the, ultimately the, the, the legends of the, of the society, of the culture. Um, and it was only after the kind of rise of of other organizations and the church taking it and seeing it in certain ways. I mean, actors then were for thousands of years, or maybe thousands, yeah, they could do certain kinds of shows, but primarily didn't have that. There was no dogs or actors allowed. So it's only in this last hundred years of the creation of cinema, where again, these actors are larger than life, you have a responsibility. That's why the, I believe the reality can be so big, because, boom, it's so... So, every, you know, this culture has become blossoming of the cinema in a hundred years. It's led to this, we know everything about everyone. So it's, um, that relationship, right, it comes with an edge. You should respect your audience. You gotta love them. You gotta trust them. You know what I mean? It's a, a powerful, powerful thing we do right now. Definitely. Um, and, yeah, it's, 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 it's what makes it, it's what makes it fascinating and, why we love still great theater and great writing and we can be affected by great movies.
and you know, being affected by that, you know, like yourself, I'm sure you've, you know, grew up, you watched a lot of stuff, and now you're part of, you know, your list goes on and on from Star Trek, Married with Children. I mean, like I said, a variety of. You know, some of the ones that have over the years, the people I did one called I was Tales from the Crypt years ago, uh, the Seinfeld stuff, great written material still resonates. Shows that you do in a 25, 30 year career or what turns into your life's work, um, it still gets a kick from people is stuff that's well written. Definitely. And that's the key. The play is the thing. So, Actors are great, but there's always a kind of Tony Kushner behind uh, Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> there's always somebody, an Aaron Sorkin lurking, and someone's, you know, great scripts are the real key to, you know, an actor can only do so much. Well, you know, and doing all those roles over the years, you know, like you said, there's Seinfeld, great written stuff, and, you know, going through all those different roles leading up to doing Pirates, um, you know, throughout your television career, is there any, uh, I guess, television show or anything that you've done that was your absolute, you know, favorite, uh, whether it was just a well-written script or just as a fan yourself, you were just excited to be part of it? Definitely felt that way about the Seinfeld vibe, excited to be part of it, um, I did a TV show I was real proud of called Action. It was on Fox years ago. It didn't last very long, but it's always mentioned as like one of the brilliant but canceled shows, Hollywood satire character. Um, I enjoyed, of course, the Star Trek stuff. That was really fun to wear the makeup and become part of that legendary fan base. And, um, but, you know, I think probably in the early stuff, the part of Pirates, you know, my movie stuff was a lot of international kind of hack and slash movies. And, um, the TV was kind of like, um, fun, kind of aggressive character parts. Um, and there's sure a lot of those out there. Um, but Pirates was the one that sort of changed it all because, uh, yeah, they just couldn't find short, bald, and crazy in London. <laughs> well, I guess, you know, leading down that, too, you know, Pirates was Disney's, you know, second, third attempt at bringing one of the attractions uh, from the parks to the big screen. And I have to say, when I watch you in Pirates as uh, Pintel, it just, it, it doesn't seem like it's you. I look at your profile, I've seen you in other things, and I look at you as that character, and he truly is a character all in himself. Now, how was it, uh, you know, landing this role and, you know, did you ever expect it to be as big as it was? No. No, I don't think there was any way to kind of predict the phenomenon in me. You know, to me, what the Pirates movies represented and what Jack Sparrow has always represented is that nonconformist in the ever-conforming world. Um, that free spirit. And that his performance especially in the first flick, was just so dynamic, combined with the lavishness of the, you know, production value and the magic of Gore, the way he did it. It was just, I think, and then you discover two new supernova young actors in, or, in Orlando and Kira. It was there was a lot of Hollywood magic that got thrown into that stew pot. Well, when you were approached for your role, and, you know, I guess, how did you approach it? Because, you know, he is a, uh, you know, a grungy, dirty, uh, you know, but yet added that slapstick. This is the deal on that. You know, I was sort of laid down the dumps, I mean, just, you know, and this, this career that we talk about, we always talk about the highlights of it, you know. But there's, 
every actor's like, woe is me, I'll never work again, my God, just the lamest in the world, you know, that's every other day, you know, you go from zero to hero and back to hero in the time of a phone call or an email these days, right? <laughs> so it was whatever, I was in a low point, kind of chunky, not really getting a break when I felt like I was deserving it like we all do, you know, and then... <clears throat> Literally, there was just, it was an audition, you know? The casting director didn't know me. I got in because she used to assist the guy that always kind of liked my work. So he got me on the list of all the kind of intense dudes. I went into the audition, and I got no love from the casting director. You know, she knew everybody but me. But the one thing that happened is I just connected with that script. From the very first time that I looked at that, and the first scene was, the scene where we meet Kira in the mansion. The very first time I looked at that, I went, hello, Poppy. Very first time. Right? So it was something bigger. It was meant to be. Right? Because I, I went there, I nailed that, I did that audition. Then I went again, I met Gore, had one of the best auditions ever that when I got to meet him the first time. So I literally won that the old-fashioned way. Auditioning. Well, you know, and that has to feel really good too, just because, you know, you went through the process, you did it, you know, from, like you said, like you've known, you know, old school actor way. And then it turned out to be such a great performance that, you know, they made movie after movie and everybody knows your character and, you know, your partner in crime in those films. That was, you know, in terms of, <clears throat> in terms of being in the first movie as kind of like bad guy, um, you know, the, 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 the dumb bad guys, basically, right? Those classic characters that you'll find in uh, Lion King and in Home Alone, the classic, classic uh, Shakespearean clown fools. Um, to have them turn into good guys and be in the second and third, you know, to, be, to have that, to be recognized that you did something well and have Hollywood go, dude, as a character guy, to get that kind of bump, yeah, that's, that, that's the magic. That's like, that's the home run, you know? And that was thanks to, you know, the powers that be at the time, right? So, we just always try our best. <laughs> the <laughs> actors. You know, hopefully it just happens. Um, I was really lucky on St. Pirates because everyone else was English, except for Johnny and, um, you know, later Marty. But, <clears throat> that was a, that was a Juilliard trained Broadway dialect coach available. Howard Samuelson. He was available and no one needed to work with him because everyone else was, you know, English, right? <laughs> so my brain goes, dude, because I come from the theater <laughs> originally in my theater company that I started with Tim Robbins and my buddies at UCLA called Actors Gang. Um, we worked hard on our shows, months and months to get a show ready to go up. So hard work doesn't scare me and excites me. I love working on my characters. So uh, this Howard was available. So I just I knew the only way I could get fired is my accent sucked. I had a lot of lines in that movie, and if I sounded like I wasn't from there, I wanted to make my mistakes on that side of the ocean, okay. right? Yeah. As opposed to so if I slipped a little west country or north or as opposed to my London sound that I was working on, I just wanted to make a sound that didn't sound American. Right? <laughs> so luckily, I just, I, there was a lot of mojos I was working on. Um, 
something I heard that Anthony Hopkins did about saying the lines aloud 200 times before he hit the set. I was like, dude, that's hard. It's a lot of repetitions. But with the dialect, I was able to really do it. So, because when you're doing a dialect on a movie, there'll be your coach is having a separate set of earphones and he's going to come over to you and sometimes it's your acting coach if you're a star of the flick. Um, and you get for sort of other notes more on your performance, not director related, but just on the sound of certain things, right? So Howard was always on in that first movie. He was right there for me. So I made it through the table reading with like pretty flawless dialect where they only corrected one sound and the sound in oblivion. And then one part that Kevin McNally helped me. So then everyone was on my side. I don't know. It was truly humbling to land that sucker. Well, you know, and I think you pulled it off because, uh, you know, I look back in classic Disney films and I will have to say, you know, as much as everybody loves Mary Poppins, Dick Van Dyke's English accent truly wasn't the best. So you definitely nailed it because it was believable. Yeah, I mean, I still get, oh, you're not English or, I mean, in a lot of ways, it set me back. You know, that they thought I looked like Ed Franklin on crack and was from England. <laughs> so, but that's what a character guy has to do. I, need, I needed another follow-up role. Um, so those pirates right away maybe to capitalize on that to show the difference. But it, it always takes a while sometimes, you know. So when the, the one snuck in and I have a totally different flavor going on as Grumpy and Leroy, um, that magnifies that performance a couple of years ago because you're like, oh, wow, this is really a surfer guy from my wedding, you know, kind of thing. Well, you know, I guess, and second way into that with Once Upon a Time, I mean, it is a huge hit. Everybody loves it. I mean, it was breakout, you know, from when it started, and now so many things are happening. And with you playing Grumpy and Leroy on there, um, you know, like you said, it is a change, and it truly is differing. I think when most people are watching it, they are not going to put two and two together that you are the same guy from Pirates, which is great. I, every time someone says it to me on Twitter, uh, I, I get a kick out of it because uh, that's a great compliment. You know, I mean, obviously, you, as long as Hollywood knows who you are, the magic is that's what I love to disappear into the character. So I, I always have learned, and maybe that's a way to do it, and, and, and to a certain extent, it's a, it's a subtle way to play, but you have to get into your character. They call it getting into it. So for them not to see me, I'm not surprised, because um, now Leroy and Grumpy, maybe there's a lot of me in there, but a lot of the other dudes, that was just, I was whole cloth, that was <laughs> well, you know, in playing that role now with Once Upon a Time, you know, one, I mean, what did you think of the script? And two, you know, now with the second season, you know, Grumpy is, you know, he's he's one of the Scooby gang. He's one of the team. He's one of the, you know, familiar faces on there. I guess, uh, you know, how does it feel like, I guess, when you first read the script, what did you think about it? And then also, how does it feel with the progression of uh, Grumpy and Leroy throughout the series as now you've become such more of a predominant character? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, from day one is dynamite. <laughs> and that's why it attracted Jennifer Goodwin, my good friend, right? And attracted the talent uh, that it did, Bobby Carlisle and J-Mo and everybody. Um, <clears throat> the script is number, again, that's what's the most important part of this. It's TV. TV, movies about having a great director. They sort of marshal it like a general through the whole deal, right? TV is all about the writers. All about so the one script and our mad geniuses of uh, Kitsis and Horowitz, man, they 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 get a lion's share of, of my love for 
from the magic of the script, and then recruiting Jane Espenson and the killer writing staff, right? Uh, so the script, every time, is always a page turner, every week. Um, and it's probably been one of the most enjoyable life experiences in terms of how much I love these people I'm supposed to love in the movie, you know? Because <laughs> Josh is just one of my just dear pals, and 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 Ginny, and you, all the people you're supposed to love, you love. And even the ones you're supposed to hate, you love on this show, right? The evil characters, you're like, oh, God, they're your best pals. So the chemistry of the actors in terms of the fun we're having and uh, playing it and the great material has, has translated to just an incredible reaction. And it's, it's, it's very exciting. Well, you know, and like you said, it is the kind of show where the the writing is very solid, and they do a great job with, like you said, you love certain characters, you love certain people, and then you have this love-hate relationship with everyone from Rumpelstiltskin and the Queen, and, you know, it's that kind of thing. Well, all the people you're supposed to do an ass, you do an ass, right? Um, I'll tell you one thing that is uh, an interesting kind of point for both pirates and once and their success they've had, and that is... The writers have taken the source material, both cases, that has a following outside of what they're trying to do, right? And within their material, in Pirates, for example, there were homages to the original ride in terms of dogs with keys and people in the mud and with pigs and just, just images that in that first movie you knew if you were a Disney fan and you'd been a thousand times like I had on the ride, you knew exactly where it came from. Right, the jail cell, the dog, and the whole—all those, all those pictures, those tableaus—they never changed anything about that to mess that up for the audience. Once upon a time doesn't mess up what you already know about any of these characters. It just fills in the middle, and it's—it's—it it's, it says to an audience, "We love your, we love it too. We love what you love about about this material, be it pirates or fairy tale characters," and that's. That's just them. You're in good hands, and it's magic that both times families and people eight to eighty dig it. Yeah, it, uh, it is a, that kind of show. It's a subtle play, and it's not. It's a, it's a generous play from the writers, where they go, "Well, we love it too." Generous says to the audience, "Welcome." These are the stories we're telling. They're stories you know. Well, you know, and that's that's the kind of thing where, you know, as a fan, you definitely appreciate it. And, you know, like you and I were speaking before, you know, you love Disney as well. So you are a fan of Disney and the parks and everything is whatnot as well. So you pay attention. Yeah. Oh, man. Dude, I, well, I grew up in L.A., Santa Monica, to be precise. And I would go a bunch to Disneyland, a bunch every year as a kid. I mean, when I was little, it was maybe once a year or my dad's business company, they had have, they have a night there where they took over the whole park kind of thing. The old days, he's like, I guess they still do that late night. And, um, and then my, my uncle, he was a big swing dancer, and they used to have these, the best swing bands would play at that Carnation Plaza, Disneyland. So he had a stack, his girlfriend worked at Sunkiss that had another plaza at Disneyland. So he had a stack of passes, and we would just get to go. And that was the first time ever when I was like, I think probably 10 or 11 at Disneyland, and I was like, here's your watch. Okay, be back at 6.30. Okay, go have fun. Right? <laughs> so, <laughs> I had good memories of that joint. So then, and Pirates was always my fave. So imagine, you know, 
the excitement, the inner, I mean, I had to do some meditation to stay just, you know, mellow after that when you land that and it turns into what it turns into. And that's a nice, that's a like, that really is, you know, kid's dream coming true. Oh, definitely. I mean, it is that kind of thing where, you know, I grew up going to Walt Disney World in Florida every year and now my kids go and it is that kind of excitement where, I mean, seriously, you leave there and you're on this uh, kind of a fantasy high most of the time. Yeah. And I've gotten a chance to get down to Florida a few times and, you know, being from here, I never got to go as a kid. So I went there as an adult doing some of the pirate promotion stuff and pin cruises and stuff. Not only did the cruises, but explored all those parks. I love that. Yeah, that is a, that's an amazing place. Yeah. Well, you know, with uh, a variety of different things, you know, uh, that you have going on right now with Once Upon a Time, great legacy films like Pirates and whatnot. I guess uh, you know, moving forward, is there any current projects that you're working on now, or anything that's uh, in the works that you can let us in on? You know, I also did a little guest shot on a few episodes of Californication. <laughs> that's a, the total opposite end of the spectrum, really, from from family fair necessarily. But I'll be on Showtime. Uh, a few episodes this season on, on, uh, Californication. And, and then I'm always kind of ready for the next challenge. You know, see what happens. I sort of, I sort of love once so much that I just hope I kept, you know, staying there for a while. That would be kind of keep me the happiest, I think. Well, you know, I think, I think the fans would be happy both ways, you know, with, uh, Once Upon a Time getting, you know, more and more seasons with Grumpy in it and also with the fifth Pirates, uh, you know, starting to get written hey you know we might we'd like to see these uh characters once again be reprised yeah well i hope so send those emails and letters in my favor right in place <laughs> <laughs> yeah because it does love never hurts you know from the audience to the studios that's for sure oh definitely and you know californication is a great show great series um we have actually spoken with pam who's on that show and she is fantastic you know and she also voices vidya in the tinkerbell movies so you know great cast that you're working with there Oh, I mean, it's fantastic. And I live right now in Venice Beach. So literally, it was one of those where I had the metaphoric walk to work because, like, one of the houses is literally at two doors up. So even <laughs> though we didn't shoot on that location, in my mind, I was literally, like, walking towards <laughs> Well, you know, with, uh, I guess, with uh, your career, your fan base and whatnot, you know, there are a lot of fans out there. Is there anything that you'd like to leave them with, uh, you know, words of wisdom from Lee or uh, just something you'd like to say to all the fans that I know are tuning in and uh, really enjoying your work? Well, number one, tell them, you know, I always say I really do respect you guys. I really thank you very much for being a fan because it means a lot to me to have have such you know, fans, um, and, you know, basically my, my, my message for everyone is, you know, that the real important people in the world to me are like the teachers or the nurses and the, the, the people that make the world go around. At the end of the day, when that teacher or nurse is tired, that's what I'm there for, to entertain you at that point, maybe make you laugh or cry or think about something or get a new perspective on something through the stories I tell, tell. Um, but make no mistake, the garbage collector is more important you know, in my mind, in society than even the biggest movie star, right? Because actors I know, they're not going to pick that stuff up, right? So <laughs> it's it's all perspective, right? I definitely like to give respect to get it. Um, I don't think anybody's any better than anybody. Um, so that's how I roll. And that's how I travel the world as well, you know? And I think that's a very important message for everyone is if you want to get respect, give it first. And I try to do that 
in when I play a character, even though some of the characters I play may not be the nicest guys in the world. Well, I think that's a great message, and you know, uh, for all of your you know fans out there, I'm sure that they're going to take that to heart. And you know, it really is a strong message, as you know, people, society, and whatnot. And uh, it's great because one of the things that you know that I love about Grumpy is that he was dreamy first. You know, in the world of Once Upon a Time, it's the guys little bit of his lost love and had his heart stung by a beautiful girl that made him um, turn grumpy. But he's never lost the dreaming. So one great thing about kind of magic powders and fairy dust, you can't wash it off. So once you've been hit by that kismet, once you've been touched by the powder of the fairy's powder and fallen in love, it's always still capable in your heart. And so that's why I really, as actors, we tend to be real positive, be optimistic, stay in the moment, you know, don't worry about the past. You can't change it. And certainly don't fret the future. But stay really in that moment. And um, good things tend to happen. You put out a good presence to everyone. And so I always think that's a good message for you to pass on to everyone. It's just, you know, when you, you know, when it gets, when the tough get going, it's, it's, um, you know, what it, it takes that little bit of courage. It takes, it's always scary. <laughs> you know, acting is a real scary job. Definitely. Well, you know, it, it is a, you know, it's it's great messages and great ways to move forward and living in that moment. And, um, you know, I guess for, for everybody out there, if they want to stay connected with you uh, on the web or social media outlets or whatnot, uh, where can they find out more about you? Yeah, the best place to look for me. If you want to look for my career, go look me up on IMDb. They do the best job of, of maintaining my, my resume. And um, you can always reach out to me on Twitter at Lee Ehrenberg or look for my fan page on uh, Facebook. Um and I'm always talking to people on Twitter, so that's always a good place to go. Very cool. We'll make sure to get these posted as well for all of your fans out there. And, you know, we'd like to thank you once again for, you know, stopping in, taking time out of your busy schedule and talking with all of us. You know, I know all of your fans out there, all of our listeners are really, you know, they really appreciate uh, just taking that little bit of a moment and getting down and getting to know you a little bit better. Hey, you know what? I really appreciate you guys as well. And it's been my pleasure. Thank you once again. Thanks, buddy. Now we finally get to spend it. <laughs> Once we're quit of the curse, we'll be rich men. And you can buy an eye what actually fits and's made of glass. This one does splinter something terrible. Stop rubbing it. Jumping jellyfish pirates! It is I, Captain Hook. I'll show you what adventure really looks like. Let's say hello, boys.
violent human! With all the power of the oceans, I order you to stop! Under different circumstances, I might. But right now, I want that castle! Get up on the broadside, boys! For me? Well, by all means, introduce us. Oh, my siestas are getting shorter and shorter. Required voice identification. EC-82. Confirmed. Hey, gang, it's Jason again. Glad you made it down to the vault once more as we delve deeper into some great Disney films. I hope you followed the queue line properly and didn't get lost in the maze of animatronic figures. Could only mean one thing, we're going back to a Disney classic that is inspired by an actual attraction from the parks. I was really excited to get the note to see that Lee Ehrenberg was going to join us this week on Disney On Demand. Most of us know him now by his sly humor and his witty remarks as dreamy, or grumpy, or depending upon who he is this week, on Once Upon a Time every Sunday evening. Most of us D-heads remember him as the snarky Pintel in the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. So, let's keep our hands, arms, legs, and feet inside the boat at all times as we splash down the waterfall and head into Port Royale as we discuss this week's title, Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. It's hard to believe that it's almost been 10 years since the release of Pirates. Since its release back in July of 2003 and its subsequent sequels, the Pirates films have just become a lexicon in what we've enjoyed as Disney adventure movies. Kind of goes back to those great films like 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, Swiss Family Robinson, and Blackbeard's Ghost. But if we all remember back before that, Disney was of course struggling with gaining that idea and that identity again of live action films. We can go back and think of fine films that uh, of course didn't make the cut. Haunted Mansion, Mission to Mars, Need to Go On. But anyway, this was one that was actually the surprise. A lot of fans of course felt that they were going to be let down because realistically, what movie based off of an attraction, or as most people would say, a ride, would ever make for a great film? Well, I must say, Jerry Bruckheimer and Gore Verbinski proved everyone wrong. Upon arriving to Port Royal, Jamaica, Governor Witherby Swan, his daughter Elizabeth, and Lieutenant James Norrington 
encounter a shipwreck among its shores. Among them, a survivor we later learn to be a young Will Turner. Elizabeth finds a gold medallion that Will is wearing, and like any woman, takes the piece of jewelry, fearing that it would identify him as a pirate. As she takes it, she glances over her shoulder and notices a ghostly ship emerging over the horizon. Later we know it's the Black Pearl. Eight years go by, and Norrington is promoted to Commodore. And of course, with that promotion, what must every man do? Well, propose to the prettiest woman in, t in town. He proposes to Elizabeth, but before she can answer, and due to the tightness of her corset, she passes out and falls into the bay, still wearing the medallion. When the medallion touches the sea floor, it emits a shockwave, causing some, some mystical changes to happen throughout the area. Around the same time, a scrawny pirate joins Port Royale. Enter Captain Jack Sparrow. He rescues Elizabeth because he is a pirate rather than be rewarded. He is placed under arrest. In a small chase throughout Port Royale, Jack ducks into a blacksmith shop and encounters Will. Of course, frightened and knowing that he's a pirate, Will begins to duel with Jack, knocks him unconscious, and is jailed. While Jack is incarcerated, we notice one of the first scenes coming from the attraction itself, the dog being tempted to unlock the door for the jail. One of my favorites, that night while in jail, Port Royale has a new visitor, the guests of the Black Pearl. The only reason for their arrival is not because they're looking for a great party, they're answering the pulse of the medallion. The pirates begin to search high and low for the medallion, and they soon discover the medallion along with Elizabeth, and she is captured. However, she invokes Parley. The cunning woman she is, she negotiates with the pirates that if they stop attacking Port Royale, she will give them the medallion. In the same vein, she claims to him that she is actually a Turner, not giving away that she is the governor's daughter. The captain of this fine vessel, Captain Barbosa, hauntingly played by Jeffrey Rush, agrees with her and keeps her prisoner, believing that a Turner is the only way to break this curse. Back in Port Royale, we meet up with Jack and Will. Will, played by Orlando Bloom, proposes that if Jack helps him save Elizabeth, whom he truly loves, then Will will help free Jack. Jack has no problem with this, especially learning that Will's last name is Turner, he too believing that he can help not only change the curse, but reclaim the pearl. Will and Jack take over the HMS Inceptor and begin looking for a new crew in Tartuga with the help of Jack's old friend, Gibbs. Once again, in Tartuga, we see more of the attractions start to blossom in front of our eyes. Gaining the crew they need, they set sail to Isla de Muerta because Jack knows that's where they will break the curse. While setting sail on the high seas, what does any crew do but learn the backstory of those around? Will soon learns that Jack was once the captain of the Pearl, always believing that he was the true captain, questing for Aztec gold while Barbosa, Jack's first mate, mutinied and marooned him on an island. Following Pirate's Code, Barbosa gave Jack a pistol with one single shot. Not giving up, Jack escapes and keeps the pistol for what we learned to be 10 years, intending that one bullet not to be for his head, but for Barbosa. The Aztec gold they stole? Cursed, but what does this curse do? It turns them into skeletons, only being revealed in moonlight. How can the curse be lifted? By returning the coins, of course, but with one catch, the blood from the pirate along with it. Jack's only supporter 
and we soon learn Will's father, Bootstrap Bill, sent the coin to his son, thus the medallion Will had had all his life, believing the crew should always remain cursed. Barbosa, being the fine gentleman that he is, tied Bootstrap to a cannon, threw him overboard, and left him to die, only to learn that it was his blood that was needed to break the curse. Meanwhile, back at the aisle, Barbosa believes everything's in the ready and has Elizabeth anoint the coins with her blood. But the curse remains. Will and Jack arrive not too long after, but Will still suspects Jack will turn to his pirating ways, knocks him out, and goes to rescue Elizabeth on his own. Jack and Barbosa meet once again, and as Will suspected in Jack's pirating ways, offers Will in exchange for the pearl. But Barbosa, knowing Jack's ways, rejects his offer and goes after Will and Elizabeth on his own. Barbosa's crew, including our guest Lee Ehrenberg as Pintel, and his sidekick Rigetti, you know, he's the one with the wooden eye. The great thing about Pintel and Rigetti is that they provide such great comic relief throughout the film. And I think that's what's needed, especially in times like this. Barbosa's crew sinks the interceptor and imprisons the crew. In distress, Will reveals he is truly Bootstrap Bill's son and demands that all of the crew be free, or he will find a way to have the curse stay with them forever. Barbosa agrees, but with one catch. He decides to leave Jack and Elizabeth on an island, which happens to be the same island that Jack was on ten years earlier. Will is taken back to Isla de Muerta in hopes to break the curse. Backed on the Maroon Island, Elizabeth and Jack tried to find a way to, to escape. Jack, of course, knows a way. The island used to be used by rum rudders, and Jack bartered passage. Whereas Jack would rather use the rum for a fine beverage, Elizabeth uses the remaining rum to create a fire, which happens to catch the eye of Norrington's ship. Of course, they wouldn't go without looking for Elizabeth anyway. She convinces Norrington to rescue Will, and the only way in doing so? By accepting the marriage proposal he gave to her a few days earlier. They too make it to Isla de Muerta, and Norrington sets an ambush. It's soon after that Jack is after Barbosa once again, but this time to form an alliance. He persuades Barbosa to not break the curse immediately, but to go after the dauntless Norrington ship. In comic fashion, and of course with tons of adventure, Jack's plan goes awry. Meanwhile, the cunning Elizabeth Swan sneaks onto the Pearl to free Jack's crew. In doing so, Jack's crew leaves the area with the Pearl while Elizabeth heads back to the island to save Will while Jack battles Barbosa. During their battle, we soon learn that Jack himself has a little bit of a secret to hide. It seems he too stole one of the medallions and is not exactly who he says he is. But the fine commandeer Norrington spots his ship under attack and orders the men to return. They reach the ship and attack the pirates. Barbosa, believing he has the upper hand, tries to kill Elizabeth. However, Jack finds his way to extract his revenge and shoots Barbosa. At the same time, Will drops the last two medallions, each stained with Will's and Jack's blood, into the chest. What does this mean? The curse is finally broken. And as the shot hits Barbosa, he collapses and dies. And the other now mortal pirates board the Dauntless, surrender, and move forward. A few days later, back at Port Royale, I guess some things never are off the books or are forgotten. 
Jack is still looked upon as a pirate and, as he was supposed to at the beginning of the film, is supposed to be hanged. Will thwarts that plan and rescues Jack. However, in good Pirates of the Caribbean form, they're both captured. Not to be outdone, Jack swims to his newly returned Pearl. Under the fairness of the governor, Will is pardoned and is allowed to marry Elizabeth. Jack's crew pulls him aboard and appoints him captain of the Pearl once more. Jack pulls out a compass, looks at it, and sings that immortal song, A Pirate's Life for Me, as we end this first chapter in a fine saga. But wait, the movie's not over. At the end of the film, Jack, not Jack Sparrow, but Jack the Monkey, goes back to the chest to steal a coin. And what does that do? The curse begins again. So we have Jack staring off into his compass, and what could that mean? And the curse reunited? Could that only mean? Why, yes, a sequel. As I said earlier, it's hard to believe that it's been 10 years since Pirates of the Caribbean has been released. We've had a number of DVD and Blu-ray releases. Most recently, after On Stranger Tides, a complete set of the films have been released on Blu-ray. And I must say, they look spectacular. It's funny to say something like that, considering the technology that Blu-ray has been around shouldn't make that much of a difference. But to be able to watch these films in such detail at home, in, the, in Blu-ray, it makes such a great difference. Some of the great features that you're going to receive if you watch this film on DVD or Blu-ray, of course you're going to get all of the deleted scenes and uh, alternate endings. Uh, there are about 19 of those. A complete blooper reel. The audio commentary with Gore Verbinski and Johnny Depp, Jerry Bruckheimer, Kira Knightley, and Jack Davenport, along with the writers. The making of, of course, an interactive history of the of pirates themselves, a featurette of what it's like to be working on the set, a daily diary of pirates, a diary of the ships, a few segments of called Moonlight Serenade. It's to show how the moonlight uh, affects the curse an image gallery, of course, and an episode of The Wonderful World of Color. Not the fine show in California Adventure, but of course the original show with our dear beloved Uncle Walt. A Disneyland Pirates visual view reality viewer. Dead Men Tell No Tales, the actual history of Pirates, and it's a lot of fun. A great image gallery of Pirates, the attraction itself. A copy of the script and some storyboards. You can tell this is a jam-packed Blu-ray set. And of course, with the fine acting of Kira Knightley, Johnny Depp, and Orlando Bloom, along with Jeffrey Rush, and our new anointed D-head himself, Lee Ehrenberg, you can't go wrong with any of these films. We've seen four Pirates films in the last ten years, and one is supposed to be on the way. Could this mean that pirates tell no tales? Well, that's what we've been told. But I think we've learned since 2003 that this attraction has more tales to tell. With a jam-packed DVD and a knowledge behind us with the attraction, what's there not to love in this film? I would suggest by any means necessary to bring everybody together on the couch, sit, and watch this film. It really harkens back to those great adventure series movies that Disney gave us many years ago, and I'm glad to see that it is part of the lexicon and down here in the vault today. 
Well, I see the popcorn's empty and the curtain's coming down, so it can only mean one thing. It's time to say goodbye to all my company. But I hope you join us again next week as we return to the vault to enjoy a little bit of mystical fun. And remember, the magic of Disney movies is always inside of you. You don't know what this is, do you? Aztec gold. The heathen gods placed upon the gold a terrible curse. Ten years we search. Every last piece we have found, save for this. Hello, Bobby. They've taken Elizabeth. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. We must save her. Where do we start? Jack Sparrow. He talked about the Black Pearl. Make a deal with him. He can lead us to it. You forget your place. You are a blacksmith. If you spring me from this cell, I shall take you to the Black Pearl and your bonnie lass. You're a pirate. Forgot one very important thing, mate. I'm Captain Jack Sparrow. Not sure I deserve that. You're not facing normal pirates. Cruel, demented, vicious pirates, to be certain. Say goodbye! Goodbye. Cruel, demented, vicious pirates who cannot be killed. The moonlight shows us for what we really are. That's interesting. We are cursed men. I hardly believe in ghost stories anymore. You best start believing in ghost stories, Miss Turner. You're in one. Chance you all remember Captain Jack Sparrow. Kill him. You like pain? Try wearing a corset. Here they come.
you're listening to Disney On Demand. Well, I'm back once again, all of you D heads, and I hope you enjoyed this week's show. It was a fantastic show this week, and I want to thank Lee Ehrenberg once again for stopping in. It was a pleasure talking with you, talking about a variety of different things from Pirates of the Caribbean, Seinfeld, and Once Upon a Time. I am excited to see what's going to happen on Once Upon a Time in the upcoming weeks because it is getting juicy. And I also want to thank you for talking with a variety of different things, even off air, about some of the local markets and uh, some of the local bars here in Milwaukee and some places that you visited as well as me so it's definitely been a fun romp thank you once again and everybody be sure to check out lee ehrenberg's official twitter website and imdb pages i'd also like to thank the d team once again for stopping in with their signature segments jamie tony and jason thank you once again for stopping in and adding that little bit of magic that little bit of insight and that fun for all the d heads you truly do help make the magic happen here every single week here at the show. And I also want to thank all of you D-heads. Without you, there would be no Disney On Demand. Thank all of you for tuning in every single week, spreading the word, and really enjoying our new kind of Disney show. We truly do this show for you as a fan of the Walt Disney Company, and the greatest letter that we received last week here in our email mentioned that we are the wonderful world of Disney for your ears, that they truly enjoy the show, that we cover entertainment, fun, celebrities, and more, and we truly are a new kind of Disney show. Thank you for that wonderful feedback from you D-Heads. We truly do really appreciate it. Now, before I let you know who is going to show up here next week here at Disney On Demand, I'm going to give you all the different ways that you can stay connected here at the show. Now, first and foremost, you can always visit us at our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. There you can get our full list of past archives, our RSS feed, our current news blog on the D-Wire. You can connect up with the D-Team, and you can also find a full list of all the archives of all of our shows, including our famous Lifetime of Disney player, where you can listen to over 300-plus television shows, movies, and more right there on our website to enjoy and help pass the time away at DizRadio.com. Now, you can also find us all over the internet on the social media outlets at Twitter at Twitter.com slash DisneyBlue. You can also find us on Facebook and friend us at Facebook.com slash DisneyBlue. You can also like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash DisneyOnDemand. You can find us on Instagram, AOL Instant Messenger, and a variety of other places at DisneyBlue, and that's B-L-U. So definitely connect up with us, drop us that line, and stay connected throughout the week. You can also find links to all of our social media outlets on our official website at dizradio.com d-i-z radio.com so all of you d-heads it has been a fun week this week here at the show we had fun hitting the seven seas going into some mines and getting a little bit of grumpy with lee ehrenberg but next week we're gonna have one brazzle dazzle day because we have the one and only grammy award winner Helen Reddy stopping in at the show. That's right, Helen Reddy, the star of Pete's Dragon, also a Grammy Award winner with the song I Am Woman, is going to be stopping in here at Disney On Demand to talk about Pete's Dragon, her illustrious career, her number one hit, her Grammy charts, and what is she doing now. We might even have to ask her, was she the one really spinning on those barrels in Pete's Dragon? So get ready for show number 31 here at Disney On Demand, all you D-heads, because Helen Reddy is going to make it one brazzle-dazzle day. So until next week, all you D-heads, have some magic, have some memories, make some fun, have a great week, and remember, never neglect family for business. Until next week, all you D-heads, take it easy.
Thank you for tuning in to Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. The content and thoughts expressed are those of the show and not the Disney company. Now go on and relive the magic, memories, and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney. See you real soon.